I don't know what your favorite Christmas carol is. I have my favorite version of a carol, which is The Little Drummer Boy by Whiteheart. You can look that up on iTunes. But as far as just like a regular carol goes, it's O Holy Night. And we sang it tonight. Wasn't that great? There is a stanza in the song, O Holy Night, I think that kind of is intriguing. And it says this, a thrill of hope the, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new glorious morn. Fall on your knees, O hear the angel voices, O night divine, O night when Christ was born, O night divine, O night divine. What is it? A thrill of hope. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And that's, there's something about Christmas that does bring a thrill of hope. To, to young kids tonight, there's a thrill of hope of what might be tomorrow morning. And for those of us, you know, just, you know, kind of enjoying getting through, getting onto the other side. And, you know, when we can just kind of kick back and relax and enjoy. But what, what, first of all, what is a thrill? What is a thrill? Well, I looked that up. It's to affect one with a wave of emotion or excitement. So if there's a, 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 an emotion of excitement, there's a thrill. And what is hope? Hope is to feel that something desired may happen. So when you combine that, there's a wave of emotion and excitement for something desired to happen. And that's really what Christmas does. There is a thrill of hope with Christmas. The truth and reality of Christmas will bring you a thrill of hope. A thrill because it is an exhilarating truth and a hope because it is filled with a powerful promise. Amen? Amen. The song tells us that there's a thrill of hope that is produced from the reality of what happened when Jesus was born into the world. That night, that day that Jesus was born, changed everything forever. It changed everything for you, and it changed everything for me. My prayer is that you let the power of the hope of Christmas run through you tonight, that you would experience the greatest thrill of hope that will not disappoint. This is not like the hope of the world. This is a hope uh, that will not disappoint. We see the truth of the hope of Christmas in all the events surrounding the Christmas story, from the shepherds that were in the field that night, from the wise men that traveled from afar to worship, they followed the star, to Mary and Joseph in the in the stable giving birth, the, the baby laid in the manger. Every element talks about, conveys this idea of something that's, that is, that you could convey as a thrill of hope, a desired outcome that what was, to, was to happen, that we want to happen. But tonight I want to just share with you a couple powerful truths that are centered around the story of the angel's announcement to Mary that she would be the mother of Jesus. And I want to uh, just look at a couple points here tonight that will hopefully direct our attention towards the hope that is found in Christmas. So we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. I've got 
the, the first thing is God is close. Let's look at Luke 1, verse 26. It says this. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. There is a a religious philosophy, depending upon what your belief is about God. There is one in particular, a religious philosophy. It's called deism. And deism suggests that God is transcendent and not imminent. What does that mean? That God created the world and he set it in motion and then we're just left to ourselves. We're just, there is a God, he's out there somewhere, but we don't know who he is. We just know that there's a creator and that we're just left to this world, this life, this mess, right? And that's basically deism. But a, 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 a quick reading of scripture quickly dispels the philosophy of deism because we see immediately a God that is not way out there, but a God who is actively involved in the affairs of men. From, from the early parts of Genesis, even at the fall, we see God going out after Adam and Eve to find them, to, 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 to bring them back into fellowship, a fellowship with him that had been broken by their sin. And on and on throughout the rest of scripture, we see a God who's actively, intimately involved in the lives and the affairs of men and women and of all mankind. So we would say this theologically, we would say God is not just transcendent, although he is, but he is imminent, that he is here, that he is close, that he's involved in the lives of people. And right here in our text, God sends an angel to a, teen, a young teenage girl living in a small town called Nazareth in Galilee. And he sends this angel, Gabriel, uh, with a message that she will give birth to the Son of God. And I'd say that's pretty imminent. If, if, if an angel showed up on your doorstep and said, hey, you know, I'm here with a message, We'd, we would have a sudden belief in the imminence of God, that he is close, that he's real, <coughs> that, he, that, he, that, he's, um, that he's right here with us. God got involved that night in the life of Mary. And then, of course, Joseph found out real quick, too. <laughs> What's this? You're pregnant? How'd this happen? He changed their lives forever. God had, God had also gotten involved in the life of Mary's cousin, uh, Elizabeth, and her husband, Zacharias. And of course, Elizabeth, we know from the Bible, she was barren. You know, Mary was a young teenage virgin. Elizabeth was an old, married, <laughs> barren woman who had never given birth. And of course, God got involved in their life. And, and she became pregnant with a, with a boy, and his name was John the Baptist. And he was the one that was going to come into the world that would uh, go before Jesus, that would prepare the way for Jesus. And so 
Back to Mary. The angel Gabriel came to Mary there in Nazareth, and he said, this is what he said, and I'll have the quote from Gabriel on the screen. He said, rejoice, highly favored one. Now, some of you grew up in a Catholic home, a Catholic background, you know this is like kind of like the Hail Mary, right? <laughs> right? Hail Mary, the Lord is with thee. Right? All that stuff, right? <laughs> this, is actually what the, this is actually what Gabriel said. We're reading it tonight, what Gabriel actually said to her. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. I want to center in on this point of what Gabriel said. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Christmas is about the Lord being with you. The, 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 the Lord was with Mary. And, and Christmas is about God getting involved with you. Amen? Christmas should be, the I, I, I would say, the most relevant time of year because it's, a, it's the time that very clearly and specifically talks to us about a God who wants to be involved in your life and, and wants to, to, to have a relationship with you. He wants to get involved in your life. So he came to this earth to live with us. And he, and he came to, to live a perfect life, to be a, the perfect man. He's the God man, but he lived a perfect life to lay down that life as, as to take upon the punishment that was due to us because of our sin. He took it upon himself. And so this is, this is um, God getting involved with us, getting involved in our lives, declaring to us, the Lord is with you. Amen. Now, believe it or not, this is the desire of every person. Whether you know it or not, this is the deepest desire of your life. <clears throat> that you would know your creator and that you would be at peace with him and that you would have communion with him. Amen. Amen. This is our heart's desire. Now people try to fill this desire. They try to, to fill it with all kinds of things. Um, you know, stuff, physical materials, goods, relationships, other things. <coughs> they try to fill this desire and, and meet the need of this desire in some other way. There's only one way that this can be fulfilled, and that's literally allowing the Lord God through Christ to be involved in your life. I've been telling this story for years. When my boys were much, much younger, little, little guys, I mean, I'm talking little guys, when I would come home from work, they would run up, they would hear, hear me come through the door, they would run up, and they would say, hi. And they would say, come and play with us. And they were really, we lived in Orlando and they were really into SeaWorld. And they had, I remember they, they had all the SeaWorld like plush toys and dolphins and shamus and everything. <clears throat> and they would say, play SeaWorld with us, dad. Play SeaWorld with us. <clears throat> and what they wanted was for me to be with them. For me to be with them. They wanted their dad to be with them. And this is exactly what the heart of man is crying out for, fellowship with their heavenly father, the living God. And people go through their lives and they fill, fill that hole in their hearts with everything else. 
But God opened up the door for fellowship with him in bringing his son into the world. And he did that at Christmas. One time I came home from work and I heard a voice call to me, Dad, Daddy. And I looked to see where it was coming from and it was Trey, little, little guy, and he was under the dining room table. He had created a fort under there. All right, remember those? Remember forts? We used to build them with... um, I don't know if you ever did this when you were a kid, but you'd get all the TV trays, all the, the TV trays, right? And, you'd, and then you'd get blankets and you'd put those over the TV trays and you could, you'd have a whole fort. It was like a tunnel. And, you know, this was your Saturday morning, right? This was like after you got bored with cereal and cartoons, it was like fort time, right? And I remember that, that Trey called out to me, he said, Dad, Dad, come on, come here into my fort with me. And so I got down on my hands and knees and I crawled under the dining room table and there I was with Trey. And you know, it's, it might be a little bit clumsy, but that's a picture of what Christmas is all about. It's literally God himself getting down on his hands and knees, coming down into this earth that he made so that he could be with you, so that he could be God with us, Emmanuel. So that what the angel told Mary, the Lord is with you, is clear and true, amen? And this is the hope that is brought to us by what Jesus did at Christmas, amen? So the first thing tonight the first part of our hope is that God is close, amen? The second part is this, God works miracles. Let's pick it up, verse 29. It says this, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And then, the Mar- then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word, to, to me, according to your word. And the angel departed from her. God is a God, is a, is a, is a God who works miracles, amen? He's, he's, he's supernatural. We live in the natural, we live in the physical, and we're so fixated, and we get to a point where we think that nothing supernatural can happen. But let me tell you that you're living 
inside a miracle. What's that? The fact that we're here on this earth, in this universe, we're living in a miracle because this whole thing came out of nothing. This thing was, this came, this was created, what's called ex nihilo. Okay, you can look at, you can look at this two, one of two ways, from the biblical account or even what the Big Bang cosmology says. Either way, it's saying the same thing. This whole thing came from nothing. And so the fact that you're here tonight, the fact that we're all here sitting here breathing and thinking is a miracle. And if that miracle is possible, amen, you're, you're, you're living a miracle. If that miracle is possible, then other miracles are possible, Amen. Now, what, what the angel said to her, now the first thing the angel came to her, when an angel comes to you, it's, 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 it's scary. It's scary. In fact, every account of an angel coming and talking to a human being is just petrifying. And the first words out of every angel's mouth that speaks to a human being is, don't be afraid. Why? Because they're absolutely terrified. And then the next words are whatever the message is that they've come to bring, amen? And what this message was, was you have found favor with God and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and he will be called Jesus. And in and, and verse 34, she says, well, how can this be? Because I, I don't know a man. Now, now, you have to understand the word know here is not like just, you know, to know, like, you know, hey, you know, you, you, you know some guy. You know, I don't know a guy. No, this is the word, this is the biblical knowledge, right? This is, the Hebrew is yada, you know, yada, 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 you know, yeah, it's that kind of knowledge, okay? This is intimate knowledge, all right? This is carnal knowledge in that sense. I, I'm, that's, I'm for real. That's exactly what it means. You look it up in the Hebrew and Greek dictionary. And so she's saying, look, I don't know a man. I don't know a man. This is impossible, right? This, what you've said, is impossible. And, and, and the angel goes on and, and begins to talk about how this is going to be possible and how God's going to do it. Now, we look at our situations in life, and we look at things, we look at circumstances, we look at perhaps messes and things that we've gotten ourselves into. Maybe you're sitting here on Christmas Eve and everything, it's a holly jolly Christmas right now, right? It's like Burl Ives is like, you know, just reigning supreme tonight for you. I want to, how many want a holly jolly Christmas? I want to have one of, the, one of these Christmases. I'm just going to like, you know, from December 1st to like December 25th, I'm just going to fully commit to a holly jolly Christmas, all right? But sometimes it's not a holly jolly Christmas. Sometimes we're di living in difficulties and we're living in what we would say are impossible situations. But God's the God of the possible. He's the, he's the God that makes all things possible. Amen? Amen? The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit is going to make this happen. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. This is what, what has been called the immaculate conception, right? The immaculate conception, that that which was impossible was made possible. The angel tells Mary about her, her relative, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, you, you're, you're, 
your barren cousin who doesn't have a kid? Yeah, she's already six months pregnant. And, and, and so stuff that's impossible is possible with God. Look at Luke 137. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And what's happened in our lives was through, through sin and through wrong choices and through decisions and things, we have left ourselves, mankind had left themselves in an impossible situation under what the Bible lays out is, is the curse of death. Like pretty much everyone dies. The mortality rate among human beings is 100%. We're living here tonight. It's a miracle that you're here, but you're also, we're living in an impossible situation. But the hope, the thrill of hope and the glory of Christmas is that Jesus Christ came into the world as a baby, grew up, and he did something on a hill called Calvary in Jerusalem. He gave his life. He poured out his blood. He poured out his very life, came out of him so that it could cover you, so that the curse of death that was on you would be loosed and set free, that you would be set free from the bondage of sin, death, and destruction. And that which was impossible, God did because he's a God of miracles. Amen? He's a God of miracles. And he demonstrated this power throughout the word of God, throughout the, the Bible that we have, that it is declared to us from cover to cover that he's a creator that he's involved in the affairs of men, that he did things in the lives of people that were literally impossible. This isn't the first time he did these types of things. Abraham and Sarah were 90 and 100 and, get, and, 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 and Sarah got pregnant and had a baby boy that became the son of the promise. And on and on and on throughout scripture. The question is this, is anything too hard for, for God? What situation are you dealing with in your life right now? Maybe it's on the back burner and, and Christmas presents and cookies and, 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 and Christmas hams are like on the front burner right now. And you're trying to push all that to the back burner. But let the thrill of the hope of Christmas ring true in your heart tonight. That we serve a God, that we have a God, that there is a God who's close and he's a God of miracles and he can do miracles. Amen. Is anything too hard for God? No. Nothing is too difficult. Nothing is too difficult. No situation. No situation. So what's your situation? Have you, do you still have hope? Do you still have hope? My prayer tonight is that the hope of Christmas, that God is close, that he's Emmanuel, and that God is a God of miracles, that nothing is impossible with God. The fact of what we're celebrating tonight and tomorrow is the miracle of God becoming man and coming into this world. Amen? Amen. This is how Jesus was born into the world. It was a miracle. It was supernatural. And nothing is too difficult for him. So the hope of Christmas is the hope in God doing the impossible. And the most impossible thing, the most impossible thing is bringing a dead person back to life. And that's exactly what God does when you come
come and give your life to him. And if he can do that, friends, he can do whatever else it is that is pressing in your life. He can intervene. He can change your direction. He can be that provider. He can be that one that sees your situation, that looks down and comes near and draws near. And what you need to do tonight is draw near to him and allow the thrill of the hope of Christmas to fill your heart tonight. And that the hope of Christmas would reign in your heart and mind tonight.